began last week talking on the subject of living on purpose. We're going to continue that today. And uh, as we do that, would you take your Bibles today and go to the book of Luke? The book of Luke is where we're going to be this morning uh, in the 10th chapter. As you're doing that, uh, let me just greet all of our campuses today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Church, and I'm glad you're with us today. We're believing today that God has something to speak to you as we gather together in different campuses and different places, but we come together as one church today. Last week, I began talking to you on this subject of living on purpose, and we talked last week about purposeful positioning. It was kind of hard to say, uh, but we talked about how that in each and every one of our lives that we are placed into the position that God wants us to be. And how we used the life of Jeremiah last week of how that God took Jeremiah and he placed him into this position that he wanted him to be. We talked about the different aspects of that and how that God takes our lives and how then that we have the opportunity to live up to everything that God has for us and to see his kingdom come and to see his will be done in our lives. Now today I'm going to talk about purposeful passion. Would you say that with me? Purposeful passion. Come on, let's say it again. Purposeful passion. Now, what we're going to be looking at today uh, is this whole aspect of living out of passion. In fact, on uh, on your handout there today, it it gives you the definition of passion. A passion is a strong desire or devotion to some activity, object, or concept. That's what passion is. It's it's that strong desire. It's that going after, that living for it. How many of you know some people who are passionate about some things? Right? I, I think, in fact, I'll just say this to you in the beginning. I'll just go ahead and mess everything up. If you're not passionate about something, you really are just taking up space. That's really kind of rude, isn't it? But it really is the truth. All of us need to be, you don't have to be passionate about the same thing I'm passionate about. You don't have to be excited about the same thing that your neighbor's excited about. But there ought to be something down inside of you that says, I was born for a purpose and I'm going to live life to the fullest extent. I I decided years ago that the greatest untapped resources are not in the diamond mines of South Africa. They're not in the gold fields out west. They are in in the graveyards where people died with so much still in them. When I lay down, whenever that is, you know, in 40, 50 years from now. Amen. Amen. I, I want to have lived. I don't want there to be anything left. Amen. I don't want to get to heaven and God say, you could have done so much more. I I want him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now, here's what I know. A lot of people don't live out of passion. I'm going to do, I'm going to do Dave Letterman. All right. You ready? I'm going to give you the top 10 reasons that people don't live out of passion. Number 10, nobody told us we had any. (laughs) Number two, we're afraid that people think we're boasting. Number eight, our insecurities. Number seven, we feel it's selfish to live out our passions. Number six, we see so many problems we feel helpless. There's too much to do, so I'll just live my little life and be done with it. Number five, we tried and were rejected. We tried to do something and people didn't let us or they talked about us. Number four, well, you got to understand we're just too busy, right? Number three, we think it's wrong to do what we love. Well, I can't, I can't do that. I really like, I can't do something I love. That, that, there's something wrong with that picture. Number two, no one told us we could. And number one, we're afraid if we identify it, we'll have to do something. 
if I really figured out what it is I'm supposed to be doing, then guess what? I might have to do something with it. Now, let's go to the Word of God in the book of Luke, the 10th chapter, and let's read a story that Jesus laid out to us and, and show us, showed us, I think, what passion is all about. Now, this, this story has been used for a lot of things. I'm going to come from it from a probably a different perspective than you're used to. Uh, verse 30 uh, is, is what we call the parable of the Good Samaritan. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. Hmm. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. And here's what he said, look after him, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Jesus said this, which of these three do you think was a neighbor of the man who fell into the hands of robbers? Verse 37, the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now, this story has been a story that we've used in, in so many ways and talked about so many things. But today, I want to show you passion in this story. I want to show you a person who was passionate about life and passionate about making a difference in someone else's life. Now, it's interesting. The, 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 Jesus starts off the story, and first of all, he said that there's a priest uh, that, that sees the guy. In, in other words, he says that, that there's the religious person. There's the religious one who saw him. H how many of you know that religion will not help you? In fact, religion will kill you. Religion will destroy you. Religion will take away everything out of your life and bring destruction into your life. And so the, the Word of God says that, that the priest uh, saw it, looked at him, and just said, well, he probably deserved it. He probably did something to be, have you ever been around those kind of people? He probably did something to be in the ditch. The, the next one is the Levite. Now, the Levite's a little bit better. Those, this Word of God in one translation says the, the Levite actually went and looked at him, all right? He, he kind of wandered over there and said, wow, you really look bad. Looks like you've had a rough day. You know, he might have said, what happened to you? guy said, they beat me up. He said, well, better luck next time. Just kept on booking, right? Oh, but because the, the, basically what the Levite did is the Levite passed judgment on him. Well, I, you know, I, I guess you got what you deserve. And, there's, so I, and he, he keeps on going. But the Bible says that the Samaritan, that's interesting that Jesus picks a guy that the Jews felt so superior to. The, the Jewish nation felt like uh, that, that they were better than anybody else because they were God's chosen people. And because of that, a Samaritan was not even worthy to be around them. But, the, but Jesus uses this story of a Samaritan and said when the Samaritan saw him, that the Samaritan went down to him, that the Samaritan is living out of passion. 
Now, I want to tell you, when you learn to live out of passion, that's when your life becomes exciting. When you find something that you want to do, when you find something that, that just gets a hold of you. I, I feel sorry for people who work jobs that they hate. Amen. I, I want to, I'm just going to get in your business for a minute, all right? People always say, I just hate this job. Well, find another one. I, I mean, I, now, don't quit that one you got because then you'll start living on faith. And what that means is you're going to be coming to us wanting us to help you. I know what that living on faith business is about. You know, they show up quite regularly driving up and down the state of Tennessee. They have certain churches they stop at, and they're living on faith, but they're living off of our faith. Y'all all right? Okay. But here's what I will tell you. If, if you don't have a passion for what you're doing, life, every aspect of life becomes drudgery. Every part of your life becomes just, uh, just another day, and you got to, man, if I can just get through today. And, and that's why TGIF has become, uh, you know, the theme song of America. Thank God it's Friday. I can just lay out and party all night and do what I want to. I don't have to go to work tomorrow because I hate what I'm doing. But you know what? If you find something you love to do, you'll never work another day in your life. Hear me. Why? Because when you find something that you're passionate about, and I'm not, and for a minute, I'm not even talking about kingdom stuff, all right? I'm just talking about life in general. When you find something that you are passionate about, you say, well, pastor, if, you know, if I do that, I'm going to go back to college and, you know, yeah, yeah, I understand all those things. But if you know that you are supposed to be doing something and that thing gives you excitement and it gives you life, then you ought to be willing to re-gear and to re coordinate your life so that you can get to that place that you live from a place of passion now the worst thing in this world is a Christian who has no passion it's it's what I call fire insurance Christians you understand that term that means they don't want to go to hell so they got some fire insurance you got me? You know, I, I, I raised my hand and committed my life to Christ because I don't want to go to hell. But I'm not really excited about Jesus. I'm not really excited about living for God. I'm not, I'm not really passionate about the things of God. I just don't want to go to hell. Now, that's a pretty smart thing, right? I, I mean, I, I, you'd be pretty dumb to want to go to hell. You know, back in my day, one of the groups talked about the highway to hell and it's kind of celebrated. They're pretty stupid is what they are right? Uh, but, but here's what I want to tell you today is that as a believer, we need to be passionate about everything that God has for us and what God wants us to do. Now, here's, here's what I want to show you today. Uh, there, there are three things that I find in this passage today uh, that, that show me passion, okay? The, the first one is commitment. I, if you are a passionate person, you're going to be committed. There's, there's just some, I mean, the, the story here says that this Samaritan got off his beast of burden, went down into the ditch, got the guy, picked him up, put him on his donkey, took him to an inn, rented a room, took care of him, and then the next morning got up and said, here's some money, and oh yeah, by the way, not only am I going to give you money today, whatever else it costs for you to get him back to health, when I come back, I'm going to take care of that as well. Now that's commitment, folks. See, that's what it takes to make a real difference in this world. I, I want to tell you, making a difference is hard work. Right? I mean, there's a lot of people who say, well, you know, I'd, I'd like to make a difference. Well, you've got to get committed. 
Are you, are you ready? Because you look nervous. I just talked to those people who are watching at the other campuses. All right? Let, let, me, let me tell you something today. There's a need for us to understand that we have to make a commitment. The worst thing, and, and I'm just going to drill right down into it, the worst thing about our society right now in America is there's no sense of commitment. Amen. We're not committed to anything. We, we, uh, our po politicians are not committed. They're, they're going by what the latest poll says. They're not committed to what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, our, our judicial system is not committed. Our churches are not committed. People, we, we just, you know, well, you know, I, I just want to be happy. So that means, well, uh, you're not making me happy anymore. So I don't want to be committed to you anymore. Can I just go ahead and get there? You know where I'm going, don't you? Come on, I telegraphed it pretty good, didn't I? You ready? So, I don't want to be married to you anymore. Now, I've never felt that way. I know Sherry's felt that way about me many times, but <laughs> I got out of that one, didn't I? Anyway, and, and so it's, it's like, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, why? Well, I, I just don't want to be. Well, wait a minute. If, if you are passionate about something, you're going to be committed to that. If, if you're passionate about what you're doing, for God and for His kingdom, you're going to be committed to that. You, you have to come to that place where you are willing to make a commitment in your life. I, I really believe that those people who are making a radical difference in our world are those people who have just said, I'm committed. I, I'm just, I'm not changing. I, I'm not going to do it just when it feels good. I'm not going to do it just when everybody else is doing it. But I am making a commitment to this thing and to life, and I am going to see it come to pass. That's what this guy. The, the second thing that I see in this story uh, about passion is that he was obedient. Now, that, that sounds a little interesting. You say, who was he obedient to? He was obedient to what God had called him to do. See, there was, there was something inside of him. If, if you were to have taken this guy and you were to give him a spiritual gifts inventory or you were to have taken him and, and taken him through a, you know, a, a profile that would tell what he was, you would find that this man was created with a mercy gift. That, that this guy had mercy down inside of him, that God had made him that way. And so when he saw the man who was in need, instead of him just passing by, the Word of God says that he is obedient to what God called him to do. I wonder how many of us have been hardwired in certain ways to do things, and yet we have not been obedient to what it is that God's called us to do. See, we, we know that there's, there's kind of that inner sense that even as a small child, you know what you're supposed to do with your life. You really do. I, I believe that. When, when people say, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, that can, can again, this is, evidently this sermon is going to be more digging down than I meant for it to be. All right? When people say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in my life, that is a person who's just not in touch with who they really are. Because if you are in touch, I talked about last week, every seed has an, has an assignment. And so God created you with an assignment down inside of you. And so when you begin to know what that assignment is, then you are obedient to that. And, and I want to tell you, obedience sometimes is not fun. Ever found that to be true? 
Have, have you ever had to do something and, and you just did it and, and you didn't really want to do it, but you did it because you knew you were supposed to do it, right? That's, that's what passion is. Passion is living that out. Passion is it's, it's the, it's the athlete that gets up uh, two and three hours before anybody else does to train so that they can run one time in the Olympics and run a mile or run a half mile and to determine their life and they will they will train for sometimes 10 and 12 years or longer just to run in one race that's obedient that's being obedient to what they feel like that they are supposed to do in their life if you're going to be a person of person of passion you've got to be a person who is obedient to what is down inside of you the third thing that I see in this story is accountability this man is accountable he, he, he doesn't just say, well, let me, let me give you something and keep on going. How, how many of you know, uh, let, let me just do it this way. When, when I'm in a large city, uh, th- there's always people, especially when you go to a developing nation, there are always people who are needing help. There's always people who are asking for money. Uh, and and some of them are quite blatant about it. Some of them are quite up for, and And sometimes uh, it's just easy to reach in your pocket and hand a buck over and keep moving. Now, if you do this in a developing nation, then you will have a whole entourage right if, if you go to Africa or the Philippines or whatever and you do that there, they, there there's a telegraph system that goes out immediately and and you will be followed by everybody in the village or everybody in the town uh, who wants that but but in our society in America especially uh, you you see these people on the side of the road with the signs will work for help now I mean I mean we'll work for money uh, that's not true No, I, I don't mean to mess with you, but next time, you, you know, tell them the barn needs to be mucked out. Why do y'all look at me like that for? You know, just load them in the back back there with a shovel and say, let's go. You know I'm telling the truth. They, they're not going. But there are those few that really do need help in that situation. And you know what? For us, the easy thing to do is give them $5. Instead of coming to that place where you are accountable to seeing them walk it out. That's, that's what's so great about different ministries even that are represented here today. Because those ministries are helping people. They are accountable to those people. And those are people who are accountable to them to help them to walk out what it is that God is doing in their life. And so whether you're in a mentoring situation or whether you're in in a 12-step recovery situation, whatever it is that you're in, that that accountability is part of living out the passion that God has called you to. Now, let me say this to you about passion. Let's let's talk about it as as we kind of focus in here. Passion is about giving, not about receiving. See, that's, that's where a lot of people miss this. Passion is what you're giving out. It's not what, well, if I do this, then I'm going, no, no, no. Passion is about giving. Read the story. This guy who is taking care of this beat up man, he is not expecting to receive anything. He is just doing what he is passionate about. He is giving out of that which is inside of him, and he's not expecting anything in return. That, that's where a lot of times we miss it. As well. Well, and have you ever had somebody ask you this? Well, what's in it for me? What's in this for me? 
I, I recently was reading a book about missions, and, and they said that back in the 50s and the 60s, that, that missionaries uh, would, would come in and they were excited about the, you know, the things that God was going to do and they, they, were, they were willing to go sometimes and live their whole lives there and even to die there. And they said, but in the last few years, this mission society was saying, in the last few years, everybody has come in and they want to know what the retirement plan is, what's the insurance, what's all that. They said it has totally changed because everybody wants to know what's in it for me. Do I get my name on the plaque? Have you ever, can I get in trouble just right now? Y'all ready? Have you ever been in the churches where at the end of the pew? <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. I mean, I'm in trouble. Donated by whoever. You know, is that why we're doing it? So we get our name on the end of the pew? So we get our picture down the hall somewhere and get a plaque that says we're the great whatever? No passion people it's about giving not about receiving not about getting what i want it's about releasing and living life and giving out to others passion number two is passion is willing to risk i think the reason that jesus loved the apostle peter was because the apostle peter was passionate say whatever you want to about him you don't have to like him I mean, he's always messing up. He's always doing stuff he shouldn't be doing. I mean, he gets rebuked by Jesus more than anybody else. He does things that you shouldn't be doing. But you know what? Jesus looked at him and said, uh, you're the guy who I'm going to use to inaugurate the New Testament church. Why? Why did Jesus use I mean, the Bible says that John was the closest disciple to Jesus. But when you, I'm going to, again, I'm going to deal with this for a second. John is always just hanging out. He's just, you know, reclining with Jesus at supper. And he's just kind of, the apostle Peter, he's not that way. I mean, he's pulling out swords and chopping off ears, trying to chop off the guy's head. He just missed. I mean, this guy's, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. Come on. So I'm getting out of the boat. rest of you do what you want to. I'm gone. And, and he stopped. Why? Because there was passion inside of him. And, and the scripture tells us that as he lived his life, all the things that he did, and then history tells us that when he got ready to die, that they were going to crucify him. And still at that moment, his passionate nature rose up. And he said, well, if you're going to crucify me, don't crucify me like my Lord. Turn me upside down and crucify me upside down. And so history tells us that, that Peter was crucified upside down, and that's how he died. Why? Because even in death he's still living passionately he's still willing to risk he's still willing to get out of the boat he's still willing to try when everybody else is holding back and saying well I don't know if it needs to be done maybe it's not safe listen I understand that there's a fine line between faith and foolishness I got it but you know what we need to at least exercise some faith we need to be willing to risk something. People say, well, you know, it's, it's just not the right time, Pastor, to start a business. It's not the right time to get married. It's not the right time to start a family. It's not the right time to go to college. It's never the right time. There will always be a reason why you shouldn't do whatever it is that you do. But you know what? In every recession, millionaires are made. In every season of life, People are getting married, people are having babies, people are going back to college, people are doing all of these things while the people who are looking for safety 
are sitting back and saying, well, when everything just gets right, then I'll do it. No, passion says, I'm willing to risk. I'm willing to do something that everybody else may think is a little bit crazy, but I'm willing to get out there and do it. And you know what? Passion also doesn't care what others do or say. If you have this thing about pleasing people, you're never going to live your passion. Now, again, I'm not talking about going against wise counsel. I understand that the Scripture uh, lets us know uh, that there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. I've got that. But I want to tell you, there is always people in your life who are going to tell you, you can't do it. It can't be done. You failed. You didn't accomplish this, whatever. They're always there. And so if you are the person who is, is always what I call trying to please man, you know, I, I jokingly say, but it really isn't a joke sometimes, at, at any given time, I've got 15 to 20% of the congregation upset at me. My deal is I just try to keep them rotating. Just don't let it be the same ones, all right? Just move on to the next one, and they'll get over, and we'll, we'll keep moving. Uh, b- because, listen, there, there is no way any one person can please, uh, you know, 900 families that call this church their home and then on the five campuses on top. There's no way you can do that. So what do you have to do? You have to say, wait a minute, this is what I believe that God has called me to do, and I'm going to do that. The Apostle Paul said it this way. He said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching toward the, pri- the mark of the prize of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. He said, I'm, I'm going to live my life with passion. That's what God's called us to do. Let, let me give you one other thing about passion. Passion flows out of a heart consumed by love. I really believe that. The reason people are willing... There, there are some of you who, who have been in, in uh, recovery programs. The reason that people are willing to be a sponsor and say, call me at any time, day or night, and they get those calls at 3 o'clock in the morning and have to go to a bar somewhere and pull somebody out is because they love. They know, number one is, they know what life used to be because they used to be there. Amen? And now they look at that and say, you know what? I, I care about other, I love that person. I'm going to do whatever I have to to make sure that their life gets on track. That's what passion is. Passion is out of a heart consumed by love. If you will let the love of God, the Bible talks about that the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. If we would let the love of God get a hold of us, each of us would find a point of passion that we could live through and that we could live by, and that we could begin to see the kingdom of God come and the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, let's live it out, all right? Let me ask you some things as I close today. Let me ask you three questions real quickly. If you want to be a person who lives out of passion, you need to ask yourself, okay? Number one is this. You need to ask yourself, if I could make one difference in my world, I would do what? Did you hear me? If I could make one difference in my world, I would, what is it you would do? What is the thing that you would do? Now, for, forget for a minute all the obstacles to it. Forget all the reasons that you've been told you can't. 
just for a moment, suspend reasoning for one moment, whether you are just starting in life, you're a teenager today or a young person today, just in college, or you're a person who's lived a, a few years kind of like me, what would it be? If I could make one difference in the world, I would. I'm not going to tell you what I, because if I start telling you, I'll taint the picture. What is it you would do? If you want to find your passion, answer that question, because that question will help you to begin to live out your passion. Another question is this. My friends would say I am passionate about. What, what would your friends say about you? What, what would your friends say? Well, he's, he's passionate about baseball. Well, that's wonderful. Where's that going to get you? Don't look at me like that. I know yesterday was college game day. You know, I, I know some of you came in excited and some of you came in sad. I got that. You know, that's fine. Watch, I'm not, but what, what, it, listen, there's got, can, can I just, again, just drill down to this? There's got to be more that you're passionate about than whether UT wins or Alabama or Ole Miss or Auburn or whoever your team is. There, there's got to be more. You, you notice SEC. Anyway, uh, th there's got to be more. In your life, we wouldn't even talk about Ohio State and Michigan and all that. Anyway, the, the, there's, there's this whole process that we have to understand. What would your friends say you're passionate about? That will give you a key to fulfilling your life's goal and your dreams. And lastly is this. If I knew I wouldn't fail, I would. If I knew I wouldn't fail, what would you do? What is it that you would do? I'll close with this, and this wasn't the reason I put this in there, but it hopefully will help you. That was the question that caused me at 40 years of age to leave a church that I loved, that my wife and I had raised our kids in, that we had been blessed by, that we had seen so many good things happen. And we left that congregation to come to Jackson to start all over because somebody asked me, if you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you do? And it was like lights went off. And I said, I'd start a church in Jackson. And out of that, we've seen what God has done. My challenge to you today is this, is to become a person of passion. If you're not living out your passion, Maybe life has just beat the passion out of you. You've heard it called a lot of other things beat out of you, but I'm going to use the holy word, passion. Maybe life's beat passion out of you. You know what? You still have something great you can do. There's still something that God has called you to do that is powerful that only you can do. But you've got to answer some questions. You've got to be willing to take some risk. And you've got to be like the Samaritan who said, you know what? It's not about what everybody else is thinking, what everybody else is saying, or what everybody else is doing. It is about what I'm called to do. And when I do what I'm called to do, then everything else in life begins to come into alignment so that God receives glory for my life.
Amen.